1: Welcome to another Monday. This is the Balancing Show Program. I did say that backwards, you know. This is the Balancing Program Show on the Jewel Network hosted by Blog Talk Radio. We are Jewel Network, justifiably enchanted with enlightened living, the Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming knowledge and wisdom which promotes and sustains the activation of the past-present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfoldment of the God-Self in an evolving planetary society. I am your host, Rashika Harachana, and I am here with our oracle, Dr. Jewel.
2: Greetings. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm glad to be here, and as you know, here in the United States, this is Memorial Day. So for those of you in the United States, have a very pleasant Memorial Day, and I think it's very important that we contemplate the fact that maybe there'll be a time when we won't have to have Memorial Days because we won't have to lose the ones we love who have taken upon themselves to make a statement about what they believe in, that we can actually say what we believe in, and we can live through it and actualize it. So, Rashika, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, today I have a special letter that was given to you from the people who, who, uh, they didn't start the balancing program, but they, was the balancing program back to uh, the United States, and I'm
2: well, yeah, they—they they, well, you know, they were willing to maintain the balancing program for uh, over 35 years, and so they are the people that basically trained me so I could have my balancing program in 19, uh, 1991 through 92. Yeah. I've been on the balancing ever since 1984 and um, went through the basic program and then the advanced program. And I kept asking other people if they would, you know, go learn how to do this because it helped so many people. And, you know, I couldn't get a response. And this voice inside my head said, you are the one that's going to learn it. You go learn it. So I said, okay, well, might as well. So, I found out what I needed to do, and I did that, and um, Marta and Walter, who were responsible for maintaining this program for over 35 years, were so gracious to me. They personally trained me. They um, personally gave me all the archive information that they possibly could, and we had done a medical study beforehand because they had never proven and been able to demonstrate that the balancing program makes changes in the tissues. And we know for a fact that people who do the balancing program do not age as readily. And the key is, well, why? If you have a balanced brain, why is it that your tissues really don't age? You know, these people don't have all the wrinkles. They don't lose their figures. What's going on that just being balanced causes the tissues to resist time? And so we looked at that, and we recognized that, Stress was one of the main things. When you have more brain tissue available to allow a thought to circulate through all of these different neurons that have all of these different potentials in them, et cetera, that you don't feel stressed when there's change that occurs in your environment, et cetera. As a matter of fact, we are finding that those individuals who go on to advanced programs they basically don't even see change as anything that is related to stress. As a matter of fact, it's a fabulous opportunity. So, you know, a lot of things happen in the body when um, that brain has been fired up and has been activated to be able to allow the mind, your mind, the mind of God to basically be broadcasted through the brain. Fabulous things happen. You know, how can a huge, fabulous, incredible, spaceless, infinite, vast collection of consciousness like the mind, the mind of God, flow through just one or two neurons, just five or six neurons, just even 100,000, even a million. It can't handle it, can't handle it. So that stress that you feel basically is your neurons really being pressured and overworked to try to handle a reality that they're already exhausted about handling just your everyday life. So if you had perhaps, why not try 500 million neurons that were operating? What about one billion? You have 80 trillion. So let's say you get one billion neurons operating. guarantee you that the same experience that you perceive going through just a few hundred thousand neurons is going to be processed totally different when it goes through a billion neurons. And that's what we're talking about, activating more neurons so that as you absorb and perceive these experiences, they become a no-thing. You make a decision on them, you move forward. This is what we're talking about, very simple, just 15 minutes a day. You can't beat it. I just don't understand why everybody is basically sitting there listening and not taking action. So, Rashika, we got some good news, didn't we? We found out that we are talking to 40 Five countries. Isn't that fabulous? Yay! <laughs> oh, that's yes, yay! Yes, very fabulous. <laughs> yes, 45 countries we're talking to now. 45 countries. So whether that's one person in the country or whether it is a hundred, tens of thousands, millions of people, we welcome you to the balancing program because we know that at some point in time you're going to finally hear us and know that if I can activate more brain tissue, I know my life can be different. And that's what this show is about, to let you know your life can be different by activating the brain tissue, activating the brain. Without activating the brain, it doesn't matter about all your degrees. It doesn't matter about all the courses you're taking. All you're doing is actually stressing out the few brain cells that you do have working because you need more brain tissue activated, and that's the key. Get balanced. Get balanced. Okay, so, Rashika, what are we talking about today? And welcome well, out there, all of you 45 countries.
1: <laughs> Before I get on the subject, though, I do—I just wanted to maybe ask you, like, a question or two because you have been on the balancing program for a very long time, and people are often wondering know what it's like what the changes are from being on the balancing program and I notice since I, I have the pleasure of interacting with you um, every day I notice like when like when I ask you questions and the answers that I get from you oftentimes are always uh, where you think in um, a global Cosmic Way um, You know it's like It's like you When when you answer a question it's, it's basically Where you Think of all of humanity You don't just think about You know um, Your corner Of the world or Or I mean not even just the United States but all of humanity. I mean you constantly think about how you know we can reach out to help all of humanity you know understand who they are and where they're going and where they need to be going and what makes things really work for them. I I noticed like even when you talk about you know with, with the melanology and how you know it's about everybody. It's it's no segregation It's no separation It's it's everything And so I just wanted you to talk about that just a little bit I mean I know that for many people First they got to get on the Balancing program Before they can even expound To go where you have gone But if you could just maybe talk about that a little bit Because I I know the listeners would really Like to know And so many people are in awe of you Well
2: Well I uh, will describe my perception of it because we tell everyone who goes on the balancing program, obviously the road that you took to get here, the road that you took, the life that you lived that brought you to deciding to get on the balancing program has caused the neurons of the brain to take on certain formations. That is, that they have grown together in a certain way. They communicate together in a certain way for you to have the familiarity of how you think as you have identified yourself. So that means, obviously, that a person who's had a very different lifestyle than you, even though you are at the same point in time that both of you are joining the balancing program on the same day, will have a different experience or many different experiences with the balancing program because, your neurons have been orientated a different way when you come to this experience. So we talk about the fact, we use that term as to how the neurons are communicating, how they're connecting and firing electromagnetic impulses between each other. We call that hard wiring. And everybody comes to the balancing program hardwired differently. So some may be similar because their life experience, Experiences have been similar. Others are quite diverse and very, very different. How you are hardwired when you come to the program makes all of the difference as to the type of experiences that you may or may not have, and that is important. That is why we do not ever compare one person to another, et cetera, because as those neurons disconnect and reconnect, to new areas in the brain, new neurons, etc. How the information is going to flow through these new connections is going to be unique to each and everybody. So we give you your general descriptions of what you can experience, and we rely on you to tell us precisely what is literally happening with you, <laughs> because we don't know to what extent and the patterns that have been taken by your neurons prior to you joining even though because I orientate my program from a medical perspective, I do usually get a history from you, especially a medical history, a medical social history. So I know then that if you've had medical problems, surgical procedures, chronic illnesses, multiple accidents, or if you've had social traumas, past addictions, whether it be process addictions or chemical addictions, whether you've had psychological uh, imbalances, depression, manic depression, phobias, etc. When you get on the program, how you've been hardwired, how you have, have actually caused your neurons to communicate with each other and they disconnect and reconnect, yes, you will have particular reactions to that, and that is when we specifically address the reactions that you may or may not have. We have some individuals who've been born with areas of the brain, more areas of the brain activated than usual, and when those individuals go on the balancing program, they will begin to have many, many unique experiences where they will begin to see holographically, three-dimensionally where they will be able to even have heightened experiences such as remote viewing right away, all kinds of things. These are things that all brains can accomplish. However, your hard wiring, that is the pattern that the neurons have taken prior to the entire brain being stimulated, will actually reveal itself first. So we do know certain things for a fact that it does require it does allow you to be much more relaxed, period. Everybody, I don't care how intense you are or whatever you are much more relaxed when you're on the balancing program. Secondly, you will find that your immune system is enhanced, for whatever reason we're working through that, and we suspect that my former statement, because it diminishes your stress, also is why the immune system works better because we know that individuals who are in stress, stress chemically turns off immune activity. We know that. Stress an individual, we can spray them with anything and they'll become very ill because the immune system is turned off when the cortisone levels increase because of what we call the fight and flight mechanism of fear and survival has been turned on. So because now you're more relaxed and obviously the cortisol levels go down and then the immune system uh, returns to a heightened level of activity. So immunity goes up. We've had individuals who uh, were very ill. We've seen miraculous things happen, interesting enough to people who've had supposedly morbid disorders where they were actually alleged to have died from them. Hepatitis, especially the hepatitis C. HIV-positive individuals, these individuals, they are still here, and many of them have actually dropped their titers, where the titers are no more measurable for these types of disorders. It's astounding, you know, so we're just in the middle of deciding at what point are we going to publish this kind of information that we've connected. And we've collected, so I think that it's interesting. But to, to see the HIVs and the hepatitis individuals basically uh, lower their titers, drop their titers, actually go back to normal functioning is amazing. But we recognize that the neurons are disconnecting and reconnecting where their whole attitudes and states of consciousness are changing. Now, these individuals don't necessarily activate as many neurons rapidly, That is to say that our measurements that measure the emotional uh, coefficient or the emotional IQ of the individual, and then eventually their mental potential don't go up very rapidly because it looks like there's some type of energy exchange that's happening where as these individuals are looking upon these geometric symbols, that this energy that is radiating and coming into their body is used stabilize the instability of the tissues and so their progress may be very slow however their health improves more and more and more and then eventually once the health stabilizes boom they just really shoot up and you start seeing very uh, high rises in the measurements for the emotional coefficient and the mental potential uh, very very quickly So it seems like there's, first of all, the body is taken care of and stabilized, and then the mental and emotional bodies then are amplified with more organized electromagnetic uh, frequencies or flow of energy. Also, too, we see individuals who now, and that's one of the things that's promised to everyone, that they will begin to recognize that what they think does matter what they think does materialize and so you know most people their their minds just you know settle on and entertain all kinds of thoughts and of course they don't think anything about it etc and when they start practicing the balancing program they will recognize that you know i was thinking about my aunt and then boom telephone rings here she is on the phone Oh, I was thinking about, you know, the person next door and what I, you know, thought was so interesting about them. Doorbell rings, boom, here they are on my front porch. And these phenomena will happen over and over and over again until a person recognizes this is not just coincidence, that when I think of these people, they are manifested in whatever way they can. They're at my front door. They're uh, on my telephone. I walk outside. They're standing in front of my face. I open my mailbox and hear something from them, et cetera. So they're now recognizing that there is a telepathic connection to what I'm thinking and it manifesting in my life, and it causes everybody to be much more discriminating, much more selective about what they choose to think. Now, this was happening all the time, but the individuals, of course, because of the imbalance in the brain, were not able to put – A and B together, they could not connect the dots, which is really the chasm that supports victimization. All the people who were talking about how they were victims and how could this happen to me and oh, how terrible, they are not able to see the definite connection between what they have been thinking, how long they've been thinking these thoughts, and then the manifestation of the event. And that is because of the brain not being balanced and the corpus callosum not being stabilized where appropriate amounts of electromagnetic energy are flowing into the right and the left hemisphere of the brain. And so until there's a campaign worldwide to really talk about bringing about a more efficient use of the cerebral hemispheres by balancing them and bringing them into sync, there's a lot of activities that are going to occur on the planet and people are going to feel victimized about it because they do not have the neurologic communication to see cause and effect relative to what you think and it manifesting in your life. we have got to balance the brain. As a matter of fact, I've been sharing with some of the individuals in my environment that, you know, look at the news, just turn the news on, CNN, a good example of letting us see what is happening to us worldwide because we are allowing individuals who do not have balanced brains to have preferential and very influential positions on the planet that affect us all and their inability to understand that and put into process of what they do, steps and mechanisms and procedures that ensure that if there are any adverse effects, that they will be minimal or that we can be able to control the phenomenon until we can eradicate any adverse effects. And a good example of that is the oil leak spill that is now occurring in the Gulf of Mexico off the shore of southern United States that that activity was created and sustained by individuals who did not have balanced brains. And I guess some of you are saying, well, how can she say that? Did she measure them? I mean, no, I didn't measure them, but I don't have to. Because they are telling us through their explanation of their management system that they did not have balanced brains. Well, you want to know what an example is? Well, listen to this. Pay very close attention. Now, here we are in the year 2010, and we've known since 1984 that this planet is actually going to go through changes in its orientation in its own axis as well as with its position in our solar system with all the other planets. So let's move in from the big picture down to the the finite, which is the oil well that exploded. So here we are knowing that we're on a planet that is getting ready to, has been prophesized that this is the period that these shifts and changes are going to happen. Okay? We've got pictures in outer space from the Hubble telescopes and some SETI, et cetera, letting us know frequencies are shifting, et cetera. And we want to drill a hole in the Earth to extract some oil. Okay? That's the assignment. A balanced brain would have understood fine. We've got to look at all the parameters here before we begin to design a program to drill a hole in the earth when we know the earth has already been predicted to go through tremendous amount of change. What is the information that we can collect from NASA, from SETI, from you know, from uh, Hubble, all of these other? Uh, satellites, et cetera, databases to look at what appears, if any, to be the degree of change and shift that has happened so far. And let's take a 15 to 20-year period. What is the shift? Do we see a trend? Is the trend where shifts are increasing? Are we seeing more activity in the sunspots on the sun? Yes, we are. We know that. Is there an increase in earthquake tectonic plate movements? Yes. Is there a shift? going on and the amount of frequencies that we're now able to uh, track, what's happening with the number of satellites. Is that affecting the earth in any way? All of these are energies that affect everything on the planet, including the planet. So a balanced brain would automatically have to have continuous feed of that information, and compare that and inculcate it in their calculations if they're knowing that they're going to make a hole in something that is under constant movement, regardless of how slight it is. The effect for one little nanometer of shift can be catechismic for this planet, which we know is the case. So now here we are. We find out that there have been 40,000 40, oil wells placed in the Gulf of Mexico. Forty thousand. Well, who knew about that? I thought it was interesting. That's not being told, and the people are not being informed that you have forty thousand wells off of in the Gulf of Mexico. Well, then, are we getting continuous support, uh, reports on that? There should be reports where anybody can actually check in and find out what is the degree of oil that's being spilled, where are they located, over what they're located, et cetera. All this data is available. And so, therefore, what are, finally, the safety mechanisms? That if any one of these 40 wells explodes, et cetera, 40,000 wells, excuse me, explodes, et cetera, what do we have in place? What is the fail-safe mechanism that we think will handle all of this? Do we have anything already in the ocean surrounding this hole in the earth that we've made that can capture the oil for X amount of time until we can get a replacement valve in or something so that this just does not spew everywhere? Do we have those in place? And what we've come to find out was is that, yeah, there were mechanisms that could have been put in place, but they were not. A balanced brain would not have done that. So even though we have 40,000 wells obviously that have been stable enough where they have not exploded, we would have still put in place our safety mechanism for our ability to control what could be a lethal event. These things were not done. And this is, if you're listening to me, just common step-by-step procedures that we would take to ensure that all of the life forms in the ocean All of the people who are depending upon the life form, all of the people who are depending on that as a water source, and it is, okay, all of the people who are dependent on their shores and the land being clean, that implementation of a simple plan B in place on site would have been something that would have been done right away regardless of the cost. Okay, because that goes into another thing that can easily be uh, handled relative to the prices that are being paid now. And, you know, and I'm really saying this, and that's why I'm so excited about this show, is that for anyone who is in a position where they know that what they do directly or indirectly is affecting other people's lives, may want to look at the fact that, you know, is there something I can do to improve my brain that I can really balance my brain out so that the risk of my judgment and my decisions will be minimized as causing any discomfort, damage, harm to myself, my own family, or anybody else's. That is how Balanced Brain functions because we recognize that the world is us and that the world is also composed of everybody else who is us. And so I don't have to know your name and I don't have to see you every day and I don't basically have to even live in your country to know that you are relative, you're relevant, and you do influence me in, energetically in some manner. And so am I aware of the fact that my influence that I'm sending back to you through the ley lines of the earth, et cetera, because we are transmitting and receiving energy all the time, each and every one of us, is wholesome. However, these kind of realities and being aware of a bigger portion of this huge picture is not available to individuals who don't have enough neurons working. What do you think is really the difference between a child and an adult? Yes, of course, body size, but the main thing is the amount of neurons that are firing. That's the main thing. So we know that the judgment and decision-making capacity of a child is quite different than an adult because of the amount of neurons that they have articulating and communicating that can actually absorb enough information to make a sound decision about their body and the family's body and anyone else that is of importance. They don't have enough neurons yet activated. So therefore they have to have guidance and data input which is what parenting is, so that the individuals can begin to inculcate that information into their databases. It also creates an apparent stimulating environment that causes neuronal growth and integration so that at some point they can really see the bigger picture, and they will announce that to you, and at that point you will know that they now are able to make decisions on their own. So this is not happening Too many of us as parents don't recognize what we're supposed to be there for. We don't recognize we're supposed to be there for neuronal growth and integration and to be able to give relevant, appropriate information to the child so they can integrate that into their neurons so that over time as they begin to grow and communicate in a more numerous extent that they will be able to have judgment accurate judgment, accurate capacities to discern and discriminate their actions and activities in a manner that is supportive of themselves and their environment. So having a balanced brain is critical, and we, every day, are suffering from our relentless ignore rants of the importance of providing a healthy, culture and healthy behavior patterns for individual brain development. This is what we are recognizing we're suffering from. Where is your cultural pattern for individualized brain development? What do you do every day to ensure that that brain of yours develops, that it remains healthy, that the neurons are growing, that they're making incredible connections, etc., and that you are able to take action on that in a way that enhances your environment. What is your cultural behavioral pattern to ensure that? That isn't even discussed in our media. We don't have commercials on that. We don't have billboards on that. We don't have anything on that that is going on. Look at your magazines. Listen to your radio stations. Look at your TV stations. We have not collectively as a culture decided that this is important even though we are suffering tremendously for not putting it as a huge priority on our list of things that we have to nurture so that we can continue to be a grand and totally and and evolving being these are very very important so I know that was kind of a long explanation but you know I just had to bring that into play and yes That is what happens when the brain becomes really integrated. When you have one brain, because you now have grown the corpus callosum, the right and the left hemispheres of the brain are not separate anymore. The neurons are all integrated. You only see one whole picture. There's no right or left hemisphere of the brain anymore. There's no only my city and the rest of the world we don't think about. There's no such thing as only my country and the rest of the countries we don't think about. There's no such thing as only my continent and none of the other continents that we think about because you can now see that it's all connected, and you know that. You know that Earth is all connected. But most people do not make everyday, moment-to-moment decisions on that basis of knowing that fact. So you know that Earth is connected, but yet and still you don't make a decision on that because if you did, then we wouldn't throw paper on the street. We wouldn't do the things that we do. We wouldn't poison the water, we wouldn't do all the other things that we do because we recognize it's one whole planet, everything is affecting us, but you have to have enough neurons communicating to be able to hold on to the picture and see how your actions are affecting everything. This is what a balanced brain <coughs> allows you to see, to know and to act upon.
1: Okay, Rashika, what do you have? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have my article. I know you guys just love it when I read to you. I know you do. So here we go again. This article that I'm reading to you today is about living in a world that is 200 plus on the mental scale. So it's really not more than 299. So from 200 to 299. And you can go to my blog um, through the dual network, and I have posted the mental potential chart on the blog, and you can see where the 200s um, lie. It's about 80% of the world population function, function in the 200s.
2: So the oh, that's very important, Marsha. you got to no, no, you got to say that clearly because people have to understand. You got to okay. say that clearly. And they got to know that what we're looking at right now, when we talk about measuring mental potential and emotional coefficient, most people are functioning in the 200 range, and that is significant here. Why? Because what does that say? These people can or cannot do, and. Uh, Rashika, do you have a chart there where you can look at that and basically tell people what, is, what are the uh, capabilities of the 200-range individuals, okay, because what it is is what we're basically seeing right now. You know, those are the skilled labor workers.
1: Yes, they are unskilled, skilled, and highly skilled workers. Right, they, exactly, and that, that's where we are. Yes, that is where we
0: are.
2: Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, look at this. Okay, so it's the capacity for basic office and factory work. Okay? Um, cannot grasp concepts of machinery very well, but can perform repairs and can uh, drive and operate machinery. Okay? Okay. Uh, the lower portions of this range, these persons have a very my chart is so little here. Uh, yeah, limited sense of responsibility, and they have difficulty uh, even learning the alphabet. Now, see, I, and that's now really when you're at literally at 200, which I think is interesting because you know we've got these campaigns on the planet now. And, you know, we're talking about anti illiteracy and that kind of thing. There's a large number of people on the planet that still are illiterate, that they cannot read, et cetera. So I want you to understand here that we have a large population of people that are not functioning at the level that is necessary for the quality of life that has being projected to them in the images that we hang around in our environment, on TV, et cetera. This is very, very important, so I say to most people that you know, as long as you're functioning in the 200 range, let's talk about this, Rashika, 295. Okay, these are the finest precision skilled uh, workers. These are the watchmakers, the mechanics, the auto mechanics, electronics and TV repair people, um, the trades individuals, these are the office managers, the secretaries, the teachers hotel operators, chefs, salespeople, draftsmen, and small business operations. That is considered the highly skilled with the mental potential 295. Now, the chart I'm looking at says that you have the capacity to have a mental potential of
0: 800.
2: 800. Okay, so if you subtract 800 from 295, that lets you know how many more points on this chart you can develop your brain. Now, when we start talking about people who are in the 400 range, 395 to 400, there's only 2.5% of humanity that scores in that range, 2.5%. Right.
0: 2.5%. And
2: And so that's why we're having the problems that we're having on the planet because, first of all, there's only 2.5% of individuals who are at the level that they can make decisions and be able to see the bigger picture. Now, look at this, 410. These are expanded vision makers. This group are the pioneers. They are the pioneers in new concepts for humanity. These are the editors, the lecturers, the doctors, the attorneys, the news commentators, scientists, inventors. Okay, these are the individual's at this level, 410, which we call transition to the higher mind, okay? Now, you have to understand that that's what the 410 people are doing. They still are nowhere near 800. So if the 410 people are your attorneys and your doctors and your commentators and scientists and inventors, uh, innovators, okay, the tops in the profession, then guess what they would have been able to do if they were on the balancing program, Moving from 410 to, to 800. And this is what I'm saying is that, you know, this information not being made a standard in the world culture, we have so many problems on the planet, and the answers are right here. They're in our brain. They're in us, but we can't access the answer because the brain isn't developed and integrated. And so we're just sitting up here like little babies, Uh, You know wondering why we're being punished some people are on that trip That that lets you know where they are in their brain development that they think it's the punishment Others are like well, you know We just go to party and have a good time and you know everybody's going to die that's their mentality Okay, we know how they're hardwired then we have individuals who are you know terrorized and frightened to death and wondering when the end of the world is coming And then we have other individuals who say, you know, we can solve this. Yes, we really can. And they're just looking and looking and looking for answers, but they're looking outside of themselves instead of inwards. So they don't even know. They know that there's a way. They know that there's an answer, but they're not going in for the answer because they, again, are missing the understanding of the avatar that they're in and what it comes equipped with. So we have the scientists at 410 that have already told us that your body is incredible. You've got genes that haven't been programmed yet. You've got all kind of information here from thousands of years ago encoded in your genes. You've got a part of the brain here that carries 10 million years of information, the cerebellum, the most dense part of the brain. So why is the search for the answer always out instead of in? But look at our society, whoever gives you the roadmap on how to go in. So, of course, there's more information out now saying, well, you should meditate more and you should relax and whatever else, etc. And that is true. But there's also, just like there's a standard way of teaching an individual, the ABCs, the A never changes, the B never changes. These are standard. They're a standard mechanism for individuals to be able to access their inner self, and this isn't happening, this is not happening, and this entire planet is suffering because we are not going in for the answers, we are not recognizing that I have to ask myself, what did I do for my brain today, and that's great if you want to play a brain game, that's cute, okay, we got little brain games now on Nintendo, you can do that or you can go to the brain gym, but we're talking about on an everyday basis, what can I do that's time efficient? that will basically allow these neurons to take on a universal pattern of communicating that will get me where I wanna go. That is not basically being discussed and broadcasted, which is why we just said, this just has got to go public. It cannot be just by word of mouth anymore. And that is definitely going to, you know, create an increase in people wanting to have it and whatever else, et cetera, but again, That's part of the growth mechanism, and we'll do the best we can. But people need to know that they can develop their brain and activate their neurons in a systematic way so that we can basically change what's happening on the planet. We can change what's happening in our lives. We can increase the longevity of our tissues and not burn them out because we've been cavalier and don't know how to operate an avatar, a body. We can change all of this, and this is fabulous. But we've got to take the baby steps, and that is, first of all, we've got to activate the brain tissue, get rid of the separation and division that is there because this is a whole planet, not a half one. And so, therefore, you've got to make the brain take on the configuration of the planet, make it whole, and then you can see the whole picture. It's very simple. So now we know 95% of the planet is working at the 200-skilled labor state. Now, look at this. Now, check this out. Everybody's walking around, especially in the Western world, here in America, especially talking about no jobs. Now, this country was built on industrialization, and then we moved into mechanization, and now we're into robotization, And so, therefore, what happened, individuals didn't continue to grow their brain. So, therefore, now the robots have taken over, very systematic circuitry laid down of how information is translated and, and transmitted through those circuits. And we're able to get a repetitive quality of functioning from the robot. The robot is a reflection of how the human brain cell works one brain cell, two at the most, but why weren't the individuals who used to carry that job or do those jobs, why weren't they able to do that indefinitely? And it was because they never were ever given the support to develop their brain systematically and even to the extent because, you know, we're moving to a point where even the robots won't be necessary. We'll just be able to think it and that will and happen. Oh, yeah, we will. Don't, don't doubt this. But in the process, that is a growth and development process, and it is not consistent and broadcasted for such to happen across the planet. And that is where now we've got to basically play catch-up. We've got to start focusing on ourselves again. What do we need to do to have healthy bodies again? Culturally. What do we need to do to have healthy brains again? Culturally, a well-developed brain, it's just not about, you know, getting a book and going to a school here. There's far more than that. You have so many young women now that don't even know how to take care of a baby. And so it's amazing to me. I sit back and I was like, now, how did this culture ever think that they were going to have a systematic way of taking care of children when it's never, ever been systematized? What, they rely, what were they relying on to ensure that every child would be reared in such a way to know how to take care of their offspring? Where did they think they were going to learn that from? So we saw that in the 60s. All these families, their husbands, the fathers killed in the wars, the Vietnam War, et cetera, the children are left here with the mothers. Where is the systemization that was going to happen where those children were going to be able to be reared in a systematic way because information was flowing even though there's only one parent to carry this out so that the child would basically not be neglected or have an imbalance in rearing skills that was totally neglected nothing was done and so now we have children that don't know how to tie their shoes they don't even know how to put a belt on you know you, you People may think that that's really interesting that you have children now that basically have never had a garment that fits their body. They have never known a garment that fits their body. Everything that they put on is two or three sizes too big. They don't even have a good sense of their own body image. That is one of the things that clothes would do. It would actually keep you aware of your body as it moves through space in time because you had something that was giving you information back. As you moved, the fiber would move, it would stimulate the outer brain, your skin, and you would basically know where you are in space. The proprioception, none of that now is happening. So everybody basically is wearing one size fits all, okay? And I don't know how individuals think that they're gonna be the master of their environment when they now only have one hand. Most of our children, especially the males, only have one hand because they have to use the other hand to hold their pants up with. And that's amazing. I'm like, that is amazing that you have to walk up the street for hours holding your pants up, and you have only one hand to navigate your life with. And even the belt that you have, it still doesn't hold up your pants, so your, your hands are not free. They're walking on the bottom of their pants et cetera. I'm astounded. And this society is allowing that to go on, knowing that these children are in critical, crucial stages of development, where they need as much feedback about what's happening in the outer world back to their body so they can all build the neurons, so they can build this self-image to be able to go on and do incredible things. And they can't. They're already imprisoning the brain. We only have one hand to work with because I've got to hold my pants up. And any type of style that would inhibit neurologic development, that would inhibit the development of accurate proprioception of self in space and time is something that no parent who understands the importance of how the brain develops would ever want their child to experience. We don't care who's wearing clothes like this. If it's going to impair your neurological development, we're not financing it. We are not standing for that in this family because we are anticipating that you will be able to take your place in our society and do great things in moving this planet forward in whatever way that may be, art, dance, mathematics, science, biology, zoology, whatever but not to be dysfunctional and crippled because you wore clothes that didn't fit, you basically crippled yourself. From, but nobody has seen this because the brain is not balanced. So how are we going to get 95% of the world's brain developed if we can get them up to the 400 level? That's the question, Rashika. 95% of the world is at 200, 295? How are we going to get them to 400 here? So we have some people walking around here thinking that, oh, well, you know, just give them cake. Let them eat cake or just let them die. Oh, yeah, we have some people that are thinking that. Well, just let them die. You know, we need to have maybe, you know, two or three, five billion people off the planet. And anybody whose mouth would actually utter those words has already prophesied their own death. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. You cannot talk about... Someone else's life without talking about your own, and if you do not have the best interest of someone else's life at hand, the universe reads that if you are not interested in the best interest of your own life, because this is one planet, so when you think somebody else's life is worthless, you're really talking about your own, and these people don't seem to get it, so I'm like, well that's really interesting, you know they've got supposedly lots of money and they claim they're, they're intelligent and they're educated, etc. But they are deciding if someone else's life isn't worth being on the planet. Well, guess what? They have prophesied their own death. And as I've done these studies on these individuals who have actually set into motion mechanisms to ensure that these things happen, guess what? They all die. They're dead. Historically, I can pull out these documents where they set into motion these concepts and ideas to try to control populations of other people that they thought were undesirable, but where are they? Are they here? No, they're not. They are just as dead as they can be because the small-mindedness, the imbalance in your own brain to think that you could plot a course for the demise of someone else's life is because you don't understand how the life streams flow on this planet and you then really are devising a scheme to terminate your own life. This is what we're looking at here with this golf oil. The golf oil is spilling into the Gulf. It's gonna get in the Gulf Stream. And everybody's gonna be affected to this. Everybody. Your drinking water, your bathing water, your fish Your plants, everything are going to be affected, and you're way on the other side of the planet. That is why we've got to start recognizing that each and every one of us contribute to these conditions. And what have you done to make sure that this condition can't happen again? Well, one of the things you can do is definitely decide to get that brain balanced so that you won't be one of the individuals working under those conditions so that something can happen, and then here we are, the whole world is poisoned. And, you know, as valuable to me as those lives were, and I don't know who those people were that were on those oil rigs that blew up and they were all destroyed, they all knew that they did not have a plan B if something happened to that oil rig. They knew that, and they did not basically do what they needed to do to sustain whatever mechanisms they had in place. And they lost their lives because of it. Trust me. So you can't even be a part of something that is raggedy and not efficient and think that it's not going to affect you. It is. That's why I say you cannot be on the streets and see paper and trash and think, oh, well, you know, that's the people over there. They're supposed to pick it up or somebody over there. No. If you see it, you pick it up. And if your insecurities and fears jump in your brain because, oh, Maybe that's somebody that had AIDS, or somebody, that, well, guess what? Then that means that you got it. You got it anyway. And so you're going to leave it there so that it's going to poison everybody? Right. No. See, we've got to stop that, and that can only stop when you get more information. And to balance the brain is the easy way to be able to assimilate information, because if you're trying to cram a lot of information in the same old neurons, it becomes stressful because they're overloaded already, and you've got $80 trillion, So let's get busy and activate those. Okay. I don't think you should ask me any more questions today. I'm really hyped up here on <laughs> what I see going on on the planet here, and I recognize it is because these people's brains are not balanced. And this is so simple and so easy. We're not asking you to cross the waters. We're not asking you to do any of that. We're just saying, come on, please get the brain balanced. That's it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Jewell. So this is the Balancing Program show on the Jewell Network, hosted by Blog Talk Radio. And I am your host, Rashika Hirashina, along with Dr. Jewell. And we are at question and answer time, and we have a few questions in the chat room. And the first question is, what is the balancing program process? Well, the balancing program process is sitting down and focusing 15 minutes a day on three geometric symbols that will develop the neurons that will connect the left and right hemispheres of the brain. It's a very simple process, very easy, and most people don't even realize that the two hemispheres are connecting. But it does happen, and um, it's fast. Well, let me just put
2: some information in there. The main thing the balancing program does is that it stabilizes the two cables of tissue known as the corpus callosum that allows the neurons from the right hemisphere of the brain, to the left hemisphere of the brain, to completely communicate. That's what it does. And when that corpus callosum finally is in full development, then information stored in the left or in the right hemisphere of the brain can easily traverse where now there's an equilibrium and the information is seen and used to make whole, complete pictures. That's what it does. It's a 15-minute process. We have some people who are doing this 15-minute focus. It is a focus exercise. They're doing it twice a day. Some individuals are doing it three times a day because they really want to get those neurons stimulated, that corpus callosum developed, so that they can move on with with their life. Now, you know, we are monitoring those people who are doing this program more than twice a day because they have tremendous change, and it's just like anything else. You know, if you're just trying to learn how to drive a car, we don't recommend that you start out driving at a rate of 100 miles an hour because you've got to learn the mechanism, learn the car, the field, et cetera, and obviously the higher the speed, the more out of control the car can go or become, and you have not developed the skill capabilities to be able to manage a vehicle traveling at that speed. So we, we have to watch you, and there's certain reasons why we would consent to you to do that most of the time, that we don't. Now, in the chat room, they made some very interesting statements here, and I want to bring it to your attention. This is very intense, and we must stay in the present. First of all, let's get clear about this. The ideal skin that you have is what you were born with. That's the ideal clothing. There's nothing superior to that, nothing. Now, ideally, that is what we were supposed to be all walking around in, the skin that we were born in. But because of the unawareness of the need to develop a brain and to basically introduce concepts that embrace the entire body, not just certain areas of the body, you fell into a perception created by a paradigm known as shame, judgment, and criticism. And because of shame, judgment, and criticism, you felt that there were certain parts of the body that were more valuable than others. And therefore, then you started actually focusing on these areas, and then you had to feel that you had to cover them at times, uncover them at other times, and therefore it was your disparity in brain development that basically created what's known as clothing. So clothing is a representation of an unbalanced brain. Nothing is superior to the skin that you have, and nothing will ever take its place. I don't care what they tell you. Your skin is destroyed. You can't wear any of that mess they talk about is strong and whatever. No blue jeans, no coat, no nothing can you put on your body if that skin is not intact. So therefore, of course not. We're not interested in going back and wearing robes in prehistoric times or anything like that. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China now when you need a balanced brain? Okay, that was individuals who basically did not have a balanced brain, and that was the best they could do in understanding how to protect themselves. They didn't have a system of hygiene to know how to protect the skin. They did not even understand that the skin needed to be exposed to sunlight. That had to come (laughs) centuries later after more neurons were able to integrate and to communicate, even though it was just as necessary then as it is now. We have in their historical data the diseases that they died of because they did not know how to take care of themselves, how to interact with the environment, what areas were important. So we're not being sarcastic or facetious here. It's just important for you to understand that we still have a lot of this primitive behavior patterns in the 21st century that are impeding the development and advancement of this fabulous organ known as the brain. And so, you know, my thing is, like I said, what is the point of wearing clothes that don't fit that you have to hold up all day long? That inhibits brain development because you cannot use your hands, use your arms, et cetera. You're not having the freedom to completely have these creative modalities of the body free to interact in your environment. And it's unfortunate that we have to even wear clothes. Well, let me just retract that. It's not unfortunate. It is just an accurate reflection of the level of brain development that we have. And that is basically what you're looking at. So even, and, you know, and you may say, okay, well, what about when we we're on the desert? I'm hearing you. You have to understand, and you cannot think these thoughts and think that this brain is not hearing you. And so, yeah, we use them for protection, but you have to understand that what you think is protection is still not greater than the skin that you have. It is the ultimate protection. And what we're teaching in our immortal chat is, is that, you know, we were created to be able to photosynthesize, just like the leaf on a tree. Your skin can go through the process of photosynthesis, photos- photos, the synthesis, where you are able to make your own oxygen, make your own water to be able to make your own energy, your carbohydrates for your body. You don't have to basically eat anything. Now try that on. And if that's really a perplexing and a walk to your neurons, I can understand that because where in your environment have you been nurtured and educated to understand the biochemistry of what chlorophyll does what the heme molecule does, and how that interacts with the melanin polymer to be able to have that kind of exchange with the pure energy source known as the sun. Your culture does not give you that standard basic information. And so to make that statement that we can live directly off sunlight, understanding the cellular anatomy of the skin is perplexing to most people, but it doesn't change the truth, and that is a fact. So the balancing program is a program that stimulates neuronal growth so that electromagnetic impulses moving from the right and the left hemisphere of the brain, which are carrying information, can be exchanged in a balanced way so that the right and the left hemisphere of the brain can work in coordination to be able to perceive, process, and then create a conclusion and an action that will bring about a balanced response to an experience if the experience is decided that it needs to be responded to. Anything else? Any other questions?
1: Yes, there are some other questions. Um, Well, the ones that we
2: said, what type of changes will individuals experience, we've been talking about that the entire show. So let's move on. They obviously came in late and we can find out about that later. Okay. Okay. So I've already talked about our stress levels, what happens, that kind of thing. So these things I'm seeing are redundant. We've answered those. Any new questions?
1: Well, there is a question, do you know who who are influenced the influential folks using both hemispheres of their brain, preferably in the arts and how do you gauge how functioning is their brain? Well, we have individuals who,
2: in the past, we know what their brain uh, capacities were, and, yes, they were very influential in the arts. Yes, you do know of who they are. We do not discuss the measurements of people who are alive. Why would we? They have the right to have their own privacy, and if they want to tell you what their measurements are, then they obviously have the right to do that. But for those people who decided to move on and leave their avatars here on planet Earth, which is what you call death, Yes, we do have their measurements, and we have charts, and we can send those to you and you can take a look at them. But we do not give measurements on people who are still in their avatar to the public because they that's personal information, and they should have the right to do that on their own. Next.
1: Okay, so we have a question on the line. Area code 216. 216, you're on the air
2: you have a question? Good evening. Yes, I'm wanting to know how can you help someone who is played with uh, sickle cell and desires to walk,
1: yet is unaware of how the body and the brain can operate? What can we do to help someone?
2: Okay, now, I'm not really clear about the, the whole composition of the question. I did hear about sickle cell. Sickle cell, as you perhaps think of it, is not a disease. That has been misinformation. It is not a disease. It is a, an environmental adaptation. These individuals are quite resistant to the disease known as malaria if they were in, in malaria-infested environments where there are uh, mosquitoes that carry that parasite. So it is not a disease, it's an environmental adaptation, and what we have noticed is that when these individuals are no longer eating their indigenous diets, especially they're eating diets that cause the blood to become very acidic, the pH of 7 is lost, then the cell actually takes on this abnormal formation and can actually cause ischemia in the bones, in the tissues, because these cells pile up in the arteries and cause actually microthrombi or what we call little blood clots and diminish the amount of oxygen in the tissues beyond the little blood clots. But when we actually neutralize their blood, turn the blood to a pH of 7 again, they don't have any crises. They're not having a problem because it's a blessing that they have sickle cell. That's what hasn't been told. You've been totally polluted by this misinformation, and that was given for reasons that really weren't in the best interest of humanity in a way. That's all I'll say. But the key here is sickle cell is an adaptation or environmental adaptation. It's not a disease, but it can become uncomfortable for people who do not know how to eat with this particular type of unique blood quality they must keep a neutral pH in the blood, which is in everybody's blood. They need, but it's very important in their blood that they learn how to keep a neutral pH. They cannot have acidity in the bloodstream. It does cause problems. Now, everybody should want to basically have a balanced brain. So they shouldn't have to have any particular affliction of any type to want to use their brain to the greatest capacity. And so I think that, you know, an individual who may be having a sickle cell crisis or whatever should not be enticed feel as though they've got to balance their brain just because of sickle cell. You know, we don't want to continuously reinforce that we only make change under dire circumstances. An individual who loves life and who wants to be the best they can be should want to be the best they can be because they love life and they want to know more and they want to be more a part of their environment, not because they're near death, not because they're suffering. But, again, we've had a culture that's like that. And only until we're up against the wall, or until we, you know, are near death, then do we want to change because we have never been taught that change is life. As C-H-A-N-G equals L-I-F-E. L-I-F-E equals C-H-A-N-G. And once you can understand that, that you cannot have a high-quality life and have issues with change, Change is necessary for a high-quality life. I mean, there should be no need to have to convince a person because they have not been willing to change that they need to do something special because of one condition. No, they need to basically put themselves in a position where their attitude is they're not afraid of change. But when people don't know who they are, when people don't know how to navigate their avatar, this is the problem. We are not being taught how to best utilize these bodies that we created to interact with this dimension. You do not know how to navigate your body, and that is what we suffer from, and that's what we want. I mean, we're demanding that. We're demanding that we have the information on what is known about our avatars for us to know how to better navigate them, and we do not want anybody just doling it out to us little bits at a time, et cetera because that's how you stay at a mindset and a mentality of 200 to 295. So we want to know what everybody else knows about the body. We're putting the scientists on call. you got information about our tissues, we want to know what it is. And that's just it. No more taking our blood, taking our tissues, doing all this research with it, and stuffing the results in a drawer. We want to know what it is. And this needs to be the demand across the world, no more of this. So here we are, things have been discovered 30 years ago. Here it is 30 years later, and you're just being told about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. You don't ever want to, to have that happen to you and again. You, you, it should have been known from the beginning. Sickle cell is an adaptive process. That was the body's way of saying, oh, okay, we've got to deal with this, fine. This is what we'll do so that we can stay what? master of our environment this is not anything that you're supposed to be beat down and feel that you're a terrible person because you've got sickle cells that's ridiculous but the information was withheld and so all these people many of them have died and there was nothing wrong with them except they had a superior body that had enough resilience to adapt so that they could continue to live another day So this is what I'm saying, that you have to study and you don't let anybody ever tell you about your weaknesses and the things you can't do. If you find yourself in a situation, then that means that you have mismanaged, that you don't have the proper information, or that the information that you do have, you're not applying it appropriately, and you've got to get busy and rearrange and change and move forward. And that's what I'm saying is that we're not going to sit up here and waste another moment of our time talking about skin color, race, and everything, because as I've said before, everybody is melanin dependent. I don't care if you're white as a sheet, you cannot stay on this planet unless you have enough melanin to do so. So if you're white as a sheet on the outside, then where is your melanin? Well, guess what? It's inside. It's in every cell covering every nucleus, covering every chromosome, every gene. Because if that doesn't happen, you can't stay on the planet because all of your DNA, all of your cellular instruction, because that's what it is, would immediately melt and be distorted by the light that they would be exposed to, and you'd be out of here. So if you think about it, it's really kind of humorous. White on the outside, black on the inside. Interesting, white on the, black on the outside, black on the inside, because you have to remember that the white is in the black, not vice versa. This is very important. you understand that? I really want you to get this. We've got to study color. We've got to study the eye. We've got to study the electromagnetic spectrum here. No more foolishness. We're not going to be tap-danced to death, giggled to death with foolishness. We want hardcore facts about who we are so that we can basically have an incredible life this 21st century, and don't you settle for anything else if you can't sing to me and dance to me about the qualities of this awesome body I have, well, guess what? You can go somewhere with that and get quiet and go out the way because we don't want to hear any more songs, no dances, no more trinkets. We want the hardcore facts about this body because we have, what, a date with destiny. And don't let anybody sell you short for anything less. Your date is not with the grave. You've got a date with destiny, the highest thought you can think That's where you should be. Not with no grade, You don't have time for that. This body is immortal. We've got people's tissues in, in these test tubes all through the labs of this country, all through the Western world, that these people's bodies have been dead for scores, and their tissues are still alive. So don't let anybody tell you that you have a limited lifespan, that your tissues aren't immortal. You just don't have a brain that can run an immortal body, and that's why you suffer. you burn it out. So we need to get busy here with getting some facts here. So this singing and dancing business, that's over. You know, so people want to talk about, you know, how the Indians and these other Native people were cajoled and trinketed out of their birthright. Well, guess what? All, everybody is being cajoled and trinketed out of their birthright because I don't care who you think you are. If you're hitting the skids, and your body is shriveling up before your very eyes, you are suffering from lack of knowledge. And it's very important that you get some so that you can save the greatest thing that you have, which is your avatar. Because if your tissues can live for scores of years in a Petri dish, I think that they'd be much more at home if they could live in their own natural environment, which is your avatar. But nothing can tolerate the chemistry of an ignorant brain is one of
1: the most lethal things on the planet. Cannot do that. Okay, so we have another caller. Area code 843, you on the line?
0: Yes, good evening. How are you doing?
1: Evening.
0: Uh, Can you hear me very well?
1: Yes. Yes, very well. Thank you. Hello.
0: Good. Good evening. How are you, Dr. Pookman? It's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, uh, I was just fascinated by, you know, your discourse a few minutes ago. I've been reading two books uh, uh, that's been fascinating me, and that's called The Body Bazaar and The uh, Medical Apartheid. And my question to you is this. Is like how does the seven circuits of the brain relate to the seven levels of the chakras in the body, and what key does melatonin play within all of that? And I have a follow-up question based upon your response. Well, you may not have
2: a follow-up question based on my response because I may answer it. Right, right. So stay with me in the now. Okay. The key here is this. Like I said, everything is melanin-dependent. Everything is melanin-dependent. So like I said, whether you have very little melanin on the outside of your skin, you must have melanin on the inside of your body to be able to hold an avatar that is animated and alive in this dimension. So everybody is dependent on melanin, first of all. Okay, so get that. So now how much you're making... The type of melanin you're making, when you're making it, is all dependent upon your lifestyle and your attitude. Because as I said earlier, you can be as white as a sheet, but you still have genes that if you want to program them, they will allow you to make as much melanin as you desire. But you have to basically program the genes to do that because obviously right now the gene that you have or the genes to be responsible to make melanin at least for the outside of the body are very sluggish or dormant. So if they are sick or they're ill or they've been turned down, a conscious mind can turn them up so they can be the best they can be. That's the key. Now, medical apartheid, I mean, you're dealing with a whole centuries and centuries of just outright ignorance. That these people thought that they could basically take other people who, for whatever reason, based on their skin color, texture of their hair, uh, Uh, genital assignment and do things to them that they wouldn't do to their own children, do things to them that they thought they wouldn't do to their own wives, etc. But every one of those individuals who decided that they could actually turn up the dial on the radiation machine and expose people unnecessarily to excess radiation or to actually go and do surgical, monstrous surgical procedures on them, okay, or all the other things that is referenced in medical apartheid, Are not here to tell it because they didn't have enough brain tissue to know that if I'm mistreating you and I'm using you without your permission and in a way that I would not approach the people that I care about I am signing my own death warrant and so they're all dead one of the the, uh, procedures they talk about this is Dr. Sims who did all of these monstrous procedures on the female slaves to develop his instruments that are still being used in gynecologic surgery.
0: Yes, right. Well, where
2: is he? Well, he definitely is not in his avatar, and I can almost guarantee you that all the monstrous things that he did to these women, I'm sure he experienced before he left out of here and here, because he had no idea that he was doing that to himself. So my thing is that this is why you cannot get an understanding as to why your life is like it is because you don't have enough neurons communicating to see the bigger picture. So if you had enough neurons communicating, you would basically understand that everything that you see is white is black and vice versa. Just look at the electromagnetic spectrum. Whiteness (laughs) is a very, very small aspect of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. When you look at the entire electromagnetic uh, spectrum, magnetic spectrum, you can't see anything because it's black. Mm -hmm. The light is actually turned inward on itself. The only reason why you can see the electromagnetic spectrum of the visual light spectrum is because that's the only aspect that's being reflected at the moment. But this is hardcore science that is not being taught, and so we have individuals blundering around here their entire life in an amusement park because they haven't been given specific information as to how to conduct themselves and care for themselves so that they can be amused in an intelligent way and not have to sacrifice their life for it, their avatar. And whoever set this in motion, whoever decided that it was appropriate that they could withhold information from other beings for power and control will truly go up in smoke, trust me. So I'm telling you again, all you scientists that have this information, et cetera, you cannot hold it secret anymore. It is belongs to humanity. We will have it, and if you continue to withhold from us, you will suffer tremendously, as well as your children. It cannot be not one moment longer.
0: So with the vibratory rate right now moving from a from the third dimension to what I call the fifth dimension. How will the people that choose to uh, remain in the third dimension be able to communicate with the people in the, in the fifth dimension?
2: Well, as you know, if you're really talking about dimensions and you really understand what you're asking, everything is existing at the same time. But, again, if your brain isn't, isn't uh, integrated, you don't know that all these dimensions are around you and that you're in them. Only when you have an integrated brain can you see all of these dimensions simultaneously and then decide which one you want to act and react with it and act mm-hmm. in So to all the people right now, they don't know of any other dimension around them except the one that they're in. It's mm-hmm. not because they're not all happening at the same time. It's just that they don't have enough brain tissue activated. I will say that over and over again. It becomes a moot subject to have these discussions when you're not in the process of expanding and growing neurons. You cannot see the whole picture. You'll wind up at the same place you started out because you are not expanding your neurons. Now, get on the balancing program having asked me that question and then ask me that question in 30 days.
0: Hmm. You'll see for
2: yourself. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, I can't be your brain for you. Mm-hmm. You have to basically grow your own brain and see for yourself. And so this is a test for everybody. Okay, you know you're not happy where you are. You know that there's a whole bunch you don't know, and what are you doing to ensure that you can know it? Well, You you know, it's just like saying that you've got 20 rooms of furniture, but you're trying to constantly share 20 rooms of furniture in a five-room house. How ridiculous. hmm so if you know you've got 20 rooms of furniture, and I'm telling you, you've got far more than that, you've got to prepare the house. You've got to get 20 rooms or more. Mm. So let's go for it. Let's get more brain tissue activated and communicated, and you'll see for yourself.
0: Okay, I hear you. Okay, well, I'm not going to hold up the line. I appreciate your commentary and take care of both of you. I'm sorry, sister. I didn't mean to ignore you, but uh, I just got tied up into our commentary.
2: No, no, no problem. There's a statement here in the chat room I want to comment on. It talks about absolute power always corrupts. I disagree with that.
0: Mm -hmm. I do, too.
2: Why should power be corruptive? It should not. See, that's, again, from that partial brain. I'm telling you, it's going to get you all in trouble. You have to understand that power is what it is. And you can have one neuron and basically use power corruptively. You can have two neurons and use power in the most magnanimous and most gracious way possible because it's about intent. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to project qualities on objects that really only take on the quality because of our thinking. Mm -hmm. That is like a Black & Decker. i use this as an example, a Black & Decker uh, paint remover gun. You plug it in the wall, you turn it on, it heats up to I don't know how many degrees, and you put it on the paint and it warms up the paint and the paint peels off. So many people use it to strip wood and stuff that it's been been, uh, painted over. Very useful tool. Now we have a a mind that is distorted and that is channeling perceptions that are destructive, and they take the gun and basically turn it on and point it in, in somebody's face. And they burned their face now what are we going to do we're going to take a hammer and smash up the gun and destroy it Mm -hmm. I don't think so the gun was never a problem it was created for one particular purpose and we got a mind that decided to abandon the proper use of this and use it to express their imbalance and they cause harm to other people well, we're not going to destroy the gun because of that. It is the individual and his mindset that we need to now find out what is the pathology that you would want to do something like that. And, of course, what has happened? Now he has set his life or her life into a total different direction because there's no way you're going to do that to somebody and not have done it to yourself. True. So if you caused a limitation to someone else because of your inability to reason, and to understand the laws that are being asked of you, then now you also then inhibit and corrupt yourself, and you have to deal with that. So, no, these qualities of energy are just what they are. They are not good or bad. They are not positive or negative. They are not right or wrong. They just just are are fields of energy, and it's for us to be able to have enough neuronal communication and balance in our brain So that the mind that we have, which is vast, infinite, and incredible, can funnel through those neurons to give proper, balanced instruction to our avatar. That's what's being asked here. Nothing wrong with power. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. It's the brain usage and the amount of mind that can be channeled through the brain so that the avatar can get proper instruction. That's why I said immortality is a natural recourse for the body. It it is now channeled and given instructions by an immortal mind. So um, this should be so clear here. Please understand. It's like a canvas. And I say I want my canvas to be black. When I take it, I paint it all black. If I say that I'm immortal, then I basically send that, awareness to all my cells in the body, and they become immortal. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If I say that they are dead, then I send that through my body, then that's what they do. They die. Mm. It's about a state of consciousness here, but you've got to have enough neurons to be able to hold on to these concepts and to nurture them so that the neurons of the brain make formant, permanent circuitry that continuously sends this information to the tissues so the tissues are always prepared to take this action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got two minutes. Anyone else? Thank you, Colin.
0: Oh, Thank you very much, okay. sister.
2: You're welcome. I see we've still got the people here that are dealing with fear and insecurity, that they're still talking about in the hands of a few secret groups. And my thing is that nobody can will for you a destiny that you don't want. And we have all kinds of examples of that. I mean, come on now, we've got people like Martin Luther King, we've got the Kennedy's, we've got all these people. You think they didn't have enemies? But it didn't matter because their life was what they said it was going to be. They didn't care about what anybody else thought. And what did they do? The key to success for anything is that they held their focus. So we don't care about any secret groups and we don't care about anybody else, etc. What do you want for you? Now, you hold the focus for that relentlessly, and I guarantee you, you will have it. We got Bill Clinton. His thing is, he told you, I am not going to be punished for how I use my genitalia, and you can forget about that. And he made it very clear that that was his position, and you see what happened. He was not punished for him having sex in the White House, Oval Office. The highest office that you all have given, the highest job, he was very clear about that because that's what his focus was, and nobody could do to him anything that was outside of his focus. That is the law. That's why it's very important for you to understand how to use the brain so that you can basically have a body that will do your will and create for you in this dimension the quality of life that you want. But if you can't focus because you're so busy looking at what everybody else is saying and doing, et cetera, instead of your own picture, you will never have your own picture. And if you do get any, it's parts and pieces. You've got to develop the brain here. And with that, for me, Rashika, I'm going to say goodnight. Do you have anything else to say? I guess that's it, huh?
1: (laughs) That is it. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) I just want to say, I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. We enjoyed you being here. We'll be back next Monday. Have a great week, and we love you all.